Welcome to Passion Groove. This is a podcast for all you football and music lovers out there. Enough about us, I'm more concerned about you. You've got this far and you're still sat there doing nothing. Come on, get yourself involved. This podcast is sponsored by Beer52. There's a whole world of craft beer to be discovered out there and the team at Beer52 are helping you to taste them all with their monthly subscription. This subscription allows you to choose from a box of all light beers or a mixed style box. This also includes a tasty snack and their famous ferment magazine. All the lads here at Pass and Groove have a subscription with Beer52 and would highly recommend you all to join the adventure into unique craft beers, which also includes some exclusive beers that you can only find at Beer52. To subscribe and for more information, click the link in the podcast description. Cheers, Groovers. Right, okay. So we're back on the air with another Passing Groove podcast. Uh, I'm joined yet again by the usual suspects. You've got myself, Nate. I'm joined with Hodge. Right, big man. You okay? Looking forward to this I'm one. Not too bad, mate. <laughs> and, um, and I'm also joined with Con. How are you, Con? All right. I'm not too bad, thanks to you. Not too bad at all. So um, we're coming at you from a different angle this week. Uh, we haven't actually got a guest. We're, we're taking it back to the to the roots, um, a bit of a, a bit of a different one. We're gonna, we feel like when we've been sort of doing these podcasts, no one really knows anything about us. Not that there is much to know or about what we've done in football, and we've spent our time quizzing other people on their football careers that we think it's only time. We're basically going to uh, basically going to admit that we are complete frauds and know nothing about football. <laughs> that's all that's going to come from these episodes, and and that we are. So basically, what we're going to do, we're going to do get to know each one of us and what we've done in football, any football stories we've got there of interest uh, and just sort of go from there. And I think, uh, Hodge, you're taking the reins for this one. Um, who is it that's in the hot seat today, mate? Uh, it's you, Nick. Right, okay. It's you. You're, you're the chosen one today. Uh, I'll take that. I'll take that. Right, Good okay. enough for me. Uh, how long have we got? Oh, three hours, right? Strap yourselves in. Um, it's gonna be boring, uh, right? Knife, how did you actually get into football? Wait, well, first of all, uh, where were you born? <laughs> um, <laughs> clear yeah. up this this age old mystery for me. Yeah, there, there is a bit of a myth surrounding this. Um, there's a few uh, major cities in the mix, but uh, I was born um, down south in, in Portsmouth. Um, so southern as they come, effectively, uh, and yeah, yeah, and then I moved up to I moved up to London when I was like three years old, as my mum was in the navy, and yeah, it just sort of all went from from there really. So that just clears that one up, and, and nor am I a Portsmouth fan, as some people believe. <laughs> just one of the clubs, yeah, which is which is quite strange. <laughs> just one of them, one of the six, uh, and you'll, we'll get to know them. Across the course of this podcast, I assume. I'd imagine so. Yeah. So, uh, how did you sort of get get yourself playing into football when you leave led such a sort of nomadic lifestyle as a youngster? <laughs> oh, you pissed <laughs> Um 
<laughs> yeah, so, so so what it was was um originally from up up here and yeah, my dad's from, from Birmingham. So we were living in London at the time and we would come up here because my my, my uh, we would visit my granddad who was he was ill at the time. Uh we'd come up here every weekend and it sort of became a thing. Uh and towards like sort of must have been sort of leaning towards maybe like four or five uh years old. We saw an ad in the World Globe. The um the famous all poor hawks, um and yeah, I just sort of sort of went from there. Really, I think my dad texted into the number. Uh, I joined the massive list for trials. Um, no, there was no there was no list. I just got uh, yeah, I just went to training the week after. So we we, we travelled up from from London for the weekend, and it was a Saturday on the uh, Hagarth School playing field. So I had my first training session, and that was the first time really that I. I played played football without sort of playing footy with my dad. I was quite a late starter in terms of the lads that had joined would have been playing for maybe like eighteen months or so. So I didn't really realise if I was going to be good or if I was going to be bad. To be fair, and yeah, it sort of just all went from went from there. Mm-hmm. What uh, what position were you back then? <laughs> um. I was, funnily enough, uh, I was quite quick when I was young, as we all were. Uh, but I was a I was a striker um, when I was a kid, quite prolific as well, if I may add. Uh, I scored in our first actual season of football. Um, we only scored one goal in the entire season, and I did score that goal against Eastern Rangers, where we lost every single game that season. Um, yeah, I scored scored the only goal, but <laughs> it's yeah, it was all about the fame, man. <laughs> we had Robbie and Evans he, on last week. He scored against Chester and Chamney. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, so it all just sort of net. So you've scored. So you've scored your one goal there for for all but Hawks. Where where do you move on to there? Where's your next step in, in this illustrious career? <laughs> um, yeah. So from. From there, I had another season at, at Allport Hawks, uh, which we we did get better as as did I, funnily enough. Um, and that was around the time, which is my only real claim to fame, where I, I got I got picked up by Liverpool. So I started training with them. Um, but the only problem with that was obviously because I lived down south, it was coming back up. So they train midweek, but they'd also train on a, a Saturday. I think it was before. Really, they started playing a sort of the age where you start playing real, you know, competitive games. So I'd come up and train on a Saturday, um, and that was probably I was probably there. Sort of, I never really signed anything because um, at the time that I sort of went to go and not that I would have, but at the time where there was talks of potentially moving up, my mum got a job out in America, so we sort of had to pack up from down south and move across to the states, which was um, which was probably. I'll probably say the best, the best, best thing for me at the time, especially football-wise, because it was it's pretty outrageous over there, to be honest with you. Yeah, I remember you sort of you've mentioned slightly to me before, but I'd like to hear it in a bit more detail. Um, your sort of football experience over there, because I'd imagine that's quite a bit different to over here. Yeah, so I'd say uh, when when I went over there, right, it was before the like it was probably on like the like the build up to you know there was like a boom over in America of football like of soccer or whatever when, uh, what they call it was it around the time when sort of Beck, Beckham was over there 
Um, it was just before Beckham. It was when Freddie Adu was coming through. If you remember, <laughs> you remember him? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Freddie yeah. Adu at DC United. Um, and there was like players you know. like, yeah, <laughs> wonderful apparently. Um, Some prodigy. It was when there was like women's football over there. Was dead big as well. So there was that um, a woman called Mia Ham. It was like mm. massive. Um, so I went over just probably just as that was building up. But again, because there wasn't really you don't you, got, you don't know when you go to another country do you how good the footy's going to be so for instance if you would let's say you were to move to Spain I can imagine there's the standard is probably just outrageous over there so you'd probably try and start as low as you could so we just sort of went into it and my dad that over there there's in certain states there's like levels to the football so you've got at the bottom it's called the fun league um, and then you go up to I think it's called <laughs> advanced, advanced soccer and then you go to what's called travel soccer, um, which is like statewide. Like, it sounds like the fucking difficulty levels on Pro Evo or FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which, which that is state, essentially probably which, what it is. Which state was it you went to in, originally? Um, so we moved over there and went. Uh, we were in a state called Virginia, um, and yeah. the place, the city we lived in, was called Virginia Beach because um, there's a massive naval base over there in a place called Norfolk. So we were nearby. We were nearby there, which was which was fantastic to be fair. But but when, like I say, when we went over there in terms of football, you you go over there and it, there's like obviously you used to walking around shops here and there's footy shirts everywhere. Whereas when we got over there, it's all baseball and NFL, American football, jerseys, um, and that's it. And it's it's an absolute sort of culture shock because like sports over there, it's not even like localized. So remember specifically, this isn't even football related, but I went to like a sports good shop with my dad and we asked the fellow behind the counter like who's the local NFL team and there wasn't one in Virginia there was one in Washington DC called at the time the Washington Redskins I think they've actually had to um, remove the name from there now but that's what they were called at the time and um, you think to yourself then you know like when you like for instance up here you you ask who you support and it's going to be one of three it's going to be Liverpool Tramir or Everton isn't it normally yeah. you know um, yeah. but there I went I remember going to school and there was like no one supported the Washington Redskins so like any sort of sporting allegiances over there aren't just sort of like localised it's, it's, it's a bit weird to be honest with you like loads of people supported like the Pittsburgh Steelers who were like mm. 1500 miles north um, so it was just the whole Some... sort of attitude to sports there was weird I thought it was anyway when I first went over um, and then, yeah, so football-wise, again, it, I think it could have been a newspaper or it was online. My dad saw this, yeah, fun league um, advertised. Is that where you started? Along. Yeah, yeah, I started at the fun league uh, and it was my own age group. So Still there I now. went along. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I went along and, um, yeah, so basically he stood there and you got asked, the first thing I was asked was not num- what number do you want to be? So you were like, you were already in the team. So I picked number 10 because I was trying to obviously Billy Big Bollocks. Um, and and then we all got in a circle and we had to decide the name of the team. So <laughs> and you, you won't, you won't, it's so American, you won't believe what we called ourselves. I'm, um, I'm listening. It was, we, <laughs> we called ourselves the Titans. That's so, it. Yeah, tight. So it was the name of the league. So, for instance, if it was like the Virginia Beach Fun League Titans, 
So, and every team had like the kit, everyone's kits were the same, but it was just a different color. So we were in purple. And like, do you ever remember like the, you know, the material of football shirts over here? This is yeah. proper boring, this, but it's just, it's just weird. <laughs> but like the, the shirts that we were using were like PE tops, like the kits were like PE kits, like proper cotton, like cotton, thicker. yeah, like fruit, fruit of the like loom, fruit of the loom, yeah. Uh, other brands available uh, if anyone's listening. Um, no, but yeah, so so we went on there, and I thought, you know, I, I, we did some training, and obviously I was only seven or eight at the time, and um, didn't really think anything of it. And I mean, I, the, the the season itself was like just outrageous. I think we we. We only drew one game, but it was simply because no one was really that asked about it. Um, and I mean, I'm not saying it was particularly because I was good at football at the time, but any lad that was half decent at football or cared about football probably could have just turned up and scored three or four a game. And what happened was, where we played it, it was all on the same massive pitch where all these different sort of levels of football were being played. Um, and a lad, a fella, came over and he was like, what's the name of this number 10 and my dad someone went oh his dad's over there so he went over to talk to my dad and he actually managed I think it was like an under 10s team at the time or under 11s I think it could have been actually and obviously I was only under 8 at the time so it was three years above so it was like do you want to come and do you want to come and sign for us so I said yeah and then it went to the league and because of like child protection they had to they had to sort of like um, say no because obviously these lads were like getting bigger and stuff so yeah. anyway I, I signed for another team instead um, this fellow recommended uh, me to another team who was only two years above my age group and I went to play for them and that was that was um, that was probably like one of the best I think I did three seasons over there one in that fun league and two for this um, for this other team which have got another very very American name that you just simply won't believe uh, Go on. we were called uh, the big dogs the what? <laughs> The, the big dogs. The big dogs. Yeah, it was... The, oh, the right. league was the, we were in was called the ODSC, which was called, like, the Old Dominion Soccer... Oh, no, ODSL. Old Dominion Soccer League. So it was called the ODSL Big Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I'm not ima- even joking. All I can imagine from, like, American sort of... Like, youth sort of soccer is all the pitches are perfect. It, it's, how, it's how I see it on the goal... You know when yeah. Santiago Muniz yeah. is in Mexico to start with. That's how I imagine America was, or kicking I, in and the summer. Will Ferrell film. Yeah. <laughs> in in the summer, it was like pure sand, effectively. Like the the pitches, yeah, there wasn't much grass on the pitches. Yeah. Um, and we were playing at like under. Well, obviously they would have been under tens. We were playing on like full size pitches, like with in full size goals. So you you you're thinking okay. of like a ten year old goalkeeper in a full size men's goal, yeah. And about yeah. how easy it was yeah. to score. I, I remember going there. Going in. Well, th- that's it, mate. Yeah. And again, contrary to how I currently am, I was I was quite fast back then. So I start I moved over to the right wing. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I was I was pretty I was pretty good over there at the time of. Jogger Benito as well, so I, I, I fancied myself as a bit of a skill a skill school player, but that never really came. Yeah, I had two belter seasons over there, and funny story actually. Well, obviously, all the coaches over there, obviously, for instance, in our in the team that we play for on a Sunday, and it's like that you don't call the manager's coach, but 
over there, you'd call the manager. <laughs> like, for instance, we had two managers. My dad actually became a manager in the end, but it was Coach Paul. He coached Mike. No, and you'd have to call him. You'd call him Coach, <laughs> oh. coach Paul and Coach Mike. And um, I remember Coach once, Mike. right, we played one game and Coach Paul, I think it was, <laughs> he got he got booked, right? And um, <laughs> the ref at the end of the game went over and asked him what his name was. And Steve Bruce was the manager of Birmingham at the time. So my dad said, just say your name, Steve Bruce. <laughs> and this ref came over and he took his name, Steve Bruce. And it never, nothing ever, ever came back. Steve Bruce, yeah. Steve Bruce um, actually was... was managing the big dogs <laughs> in 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 the mid two thousands, not yeah, the, in, the o- City. in the ODS ODSL soccer league. Yeah, I, 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 I probably look back in terms of football. Um, that's probably an experience that not many people have had. So mm-hmm. I, I look back at that quite quite fondly because it was a good it was a good time to uh, to sort of to to yeah to to be in another country, especially at that age. I, I probably couldn't go now because you've got too much worrying about mates. But when you're that age, you sort of just go and you're not really bothered, are you? And you make friends. But yeah, it was it was a good time over there, to be fair. Definitely, definitely an experience, I can imagine. There's definitely different yeah. to what, you know, most people have had around here. Yeah, definitely. How come you were, yeah. I mean, I, I gather, I presume it's through your mum and dad that you ended up leaving uh, the States. But how did you cope with sort of, sort of coming back and starting again football over here? Um, to be honest, Football wise, I came back and I moved straight down to. We moved straight to London again, so um, yeah. So after playing footy there, I think I wasn't really too bothered about like football. So I went. You come back and it was at year six I came back, so I think I would have been ten. And it was more about like cracking down and trying to get into high schools and shit like that, but. I played footy with a lad on with my close because when you're in like the armed forces, you can live in like married quarters, and like everyone on your road are all in the armed forces. So I lived mm. on a road, obviously, with all the people in the armed forces. And there was a lad my age, yeah, who lived down there, and he was like, "I'll oh, come down and play for our team." We were called Ricelip Town, and um, this is in London. Were, this is in London. This, yeah, North London. But just I wouldn't even class it as. London, London, but it's it's just on the, the brink, right? Watford ways. So I went there and it was, yeah, completely, again, completely different. First year of offsides, if I remember rightly. Um, and I, I just remember it being like over in America, there wasn't, I think you can probably become a bit like, because I was sort of the only English person I knew. You can, you can sort of, sort of like, essentially, fall into a trap of like being like oh I'm the bit you know being like Billy like I said Billy big bollocks and like thinking you're great and everyone surprisingly is dead nice over there when they're playing when they're playing sports well football it's competitive but there's never really my experiences anyway there was never any bad blood there wasn't any like calling people knobheads or anything especially and like (laughs) and then I came back over here and that was that's what I got yeah for quite a while knobhead um yeah, yeah, which obviously still get still get to this day. Um, don't know why, but yeah, it was it was a shock, and, and the football, the standard again coming back, and obviously I'd, I'd played above my age in America, but coming back, playing back at my own age group, yeah, it's it, it was a shock, like because everyone even even the league that we played played in wasn't great. It was probably wasn't the top league of 
where I live, but still the standards was a lot better, a lot tougher, more physical. But again, as, as much as you can say physical, it was probably technically a lot better as well, mm-hmm. uh, especially. Um, but it was a struggle, and I, I started I started getting to that age where you, where I lost my pace as well. So I was still playing on the right <laughs> right wing, but so uh, soon. I was. Yeah, yeah. It, I, honestly, I think it came over maybe like eight months. I just lost my pace. Genuinely, <laughs> I, I became a long ball merchant, and I just pumped balls over the top of this lad. I think he scored like fifty-one goals one season. I got like thirty assists, um, but that was wow. purely from just playing the ball over the top. No, no skill behind it. But yeah, just a punt. Yeah, that was, oh yeah, absolute. Um, but that was probably my first experience back in back in England, which was. Which was good. Which was which was it, it was nice. To, it was nice to be back. I think I was looking forward to playing back in England again. To be honest, yeah. Fair enough. There. Um. So yeah, you, you've moved back. You, you're in London. Where's your sort of next step there? What what was like? What was sort of playing in London like for a start? And um, um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of people there. The, you've mentioned to me before a little bit how how good the, you thought the standard was down there. Is that you know? Yeah. That, yeah. I think with like I think you would probably agree like with football in England, there's like I think there's epicenters of football like there's yeah. places where you can go and football will just be standard and I think and yeah, anyone who's listening different I apologise I've misplaced out but I think you're looking at like London, um, Birmingham maybe, uh, Manchester I'll probably say London Manchester and Merseyside yeah. for me I, I think the uh, north like the, the northeast and. Yeah, the northwest, yeah. yeah, and then maybe like northeast Newcastle. Um, but yeah, London, because as you say, it's so densely populated. There's so many yeah. people that want to play football. Um, I remember going to like some sort of. It, it wasn't. It was like a bit of a trial day at Watford, and um, it was like I went, and I could comfortably say I was probably in like the bottom five percent of players in terms of standard because. People were just that good, like yeah. genuinely. I, I mean, that, and I, I wasn't even a bad player like back then. Even though I was like sort of coming into a transition of where I wanted to play, I wasn't bad. But I remember coming away from it. I think it was like two days, and I was like, I'm just nowhere near, nowhere near like the standard of some of these lads, especially like the size of some people. That and people just love it. Like play every. Some people just play every day, don't they? Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I, again, this is this is again all for my sins. But I did go to a private school down in London, so I was very much I was I was very sheltered um, from, and I, I'm not embarrassed to say that. Um, but yeah, I was I was I was sheltered, and the private school didn't come through my parents' as wealth. It came through the navy paying for it. By the way, it wasn't uh, nothing to do with my own family's riches. Um, you don't have to explain yourself to me, brother. But yeah, th- that's probably a massive thing that probably came as more of a shock. Like, the, yeah, like there wasn't much football in my school. It was only a small school, and obviously these like there's some lads who play footy all day. Like you know they'll play on the yard in school, whereas I didn't really, I didn't really do that. And then they've got that people can have a bit more of a, uh, not even say rough sides to the game, but like people are more streetwise, whereas I was just sheltered from that for like. A year of my life when I went to that school. Um, mm. I see so, what you're getting it was, at there, yeah. It, do you know what I mean? It was a bit of a, it's a bit of a shock. Like, I, it can go, it can go two ways. I mean, I never, I never got like, you can never get picked on for it because all the people in my team were were from you know, not private schools. So it wasn't until I was the odd one out 
it just took like probably like a couple of months to, to get back used to it and you know just sort of get back into the the, the, the correct sort of headspace if that makes sense football wise because yeah. even at that age there's a lot of like you, you've got you've got to be able to look after yourself on a football pitch haven't you yeah, uh, yeah. especially when you talk as much shit as you do yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, where'd you go from there? You've moved from London. You, you, you're in London and you move back up north around yeah, to Merseyside. So, I presume that was so, quite slightly different to your pub, to your so, private school that you went to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%, mate. I mean, yeah, I, I, obviously, I, this was my first experience. And now, obviously, I've been up here for, what, 14 years. My like first experience of permanently living up here and I can say obviously I was always used to east like where where I live like eastern ways um and it was it was it was good to be back but as I say I didn't I went my first experience of football up here obviously I played for Upper Hawks I rejoined Upper Hawks but it was school that sort of like made me realize how important football is sometimes because again not to get not to get too sort of Deep or anything, but I took a lot of stick when I first moved to up here for school because obviously I was a posh kid, like I was. Even though, even though <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh, but I've the, laughed the problem, at the wrong the, point. But yeah, no, on. no, no, no. You're right. But the, the problem is with people is sometimes you spot a different accent and you can immediately just assume someone's some posh kid. But when uh, I never was, especially in schools I mean? as well, you just latch onto anything, don't you? Exactly, like, and, and I, did, I did take a lot. Of, I did take a lot of stick for the probably. Well, I took a lot of stick before the the before probably like we started playing football, and then that's probably what I think helped me a lot in school was the fact that I was half decent at football, and I went to football trials with 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 school in year seven, and a lot of people start not like it's not a respect thing at all, but you know if someone's good at football, you, you're not you, you're probably not going to try and bully them <laughs> if that makes sense. I, I still took shit off for quite for quite a, a year or so, but football seemed to be the thing that like helped me out a lot um, and like sort of pushed me through the first year or so of school because again like I, I didn't know anyone so the only thing I could relate to some of the lads was was football so that, that was that was probably the thing that sort of got me through the first couple of years of school to be fair um, again like I said joined Allport Hawks again and we, we had a good we had a good season my last season actually playing playing right mid um the pace and the goals and the assists have all dried up at that point. I think I realised <laughs> the time was near, to be fair. Um, but yeah, and then sort of from from all foot Hawks, that's when I properly, I'd probably say my proper sort of football experience started because, again, something to do with uh, my dad and newspapers. Um, what? My dad <laughs> saw a... An art like a, a thing in the world globe actually for trials at Vauxhalls because obviously as you used to well know Vauxhalls at the younger age groups used used to have the trial to get in yeah um, yeah. Uh, yeah and it's, so 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 I went down I went down as a centre mid uh, and after like the first two sessions uh, the manager pulled me aside and said listen um, you're quite clearly shit uh, no he didn't say that but he said he caught um, it he said yeah he probably did. He said, um, we've got too many centre-mids. We'd like to see you play centre-half. And, yeah, that's what... And it, it, I, Dave, I think his name was. But that's what changed some decision, by the way, because it was probably the best position I could have played. But, um, yeah, that's what sort of got me then into playing where, where I do now, or try to. 
Uh, and yeah, I had a, 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 a good year at Vauxhalls. To be fair, he started taking it a bit more seriously as well. As, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, it was start to start. It starts to become a bit more Sunday league like as you get through to to those ages, don't you? Yeah, of course. It, it becomes more about obviously it is about it is about winning, but it's almost like you you've got like because I moved again moved to Vauxhalls from Port Hawks and we played them in a game and it was like you know I want to sort of make a point as to why why less because. Again, I was probably just a bit. I was that posh kid for a bit, and people thought I oh, doesn't deserve to move anywhere better. Um, so yeah, it, but it, it was good. It was probably my first sort of experience, proper good foot like at like I can't like competitive football experience. That that first year, first year at um, Vauxhall, still haven't won anything. Fuck all, trophyless. Uh, well, uh, trophyless. But yeah, yeah. So when are you there? Then you're twelve. So, uh, what what are you sort of what are you sort of looking to do then? Because uh, you yeah, obviously, I any... yeah, you're obviously Sorry, like was... half decent at, at football. How how are your sort of aspirations then? Everyone obviously yeah, wants I mean, to, to be good, don't they? Yeah, I, I, again, I never sort of. I, I, you everyone wants to be a football player when they're younger. Y- yeah. No, no matter what you can tell the lad, it was it's either like you know you want to be a football. I mean, the only thing I will say is. I never went out, like, obviously, you're only young, but I never even went out to play with my mates or anything. I was just obsessed with football. I didn't really have many mates, like, at the time. But I was just, like, quite obsessed with football, and it was football, football, fo- football in a way. Um, but I never, ever thought, like, I'd, 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 and it never came to my mind, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a pro. At the end of the day, I'd never played above the level that I was playing at. That Voxels was probably, at the time, the highest level that I played. And then, sort yeah. of, I mean, in terms of luck-wise, I mean, quite quite a weird story actually. I remember, I was, I think I was ill one game, or I had that bad, I had like that bad groin pains in my feet, so I missed out. And we had a lad that um, covered for me at centre half that day. He played centre mid, Matty. His name was. He was actually from Runcorn. He wasn't from around here. And um, he, yeah, he, he played. He took over centre mid. And that day there was a fella from Man United watching, and he played a blinder, and. A proper good game, and he, and they took him on. Like the, he went for a trial, he got took on, and then I think he played a couple of years at Preston after that. And I always used to think to myself, "Fucking hell!" Like imagine, could have been. Yeah, yeah. Even though I probably would have played a stinker, but I always used to think, <laughs> "Fucking hell!" That's that was um that could have been a decent point, but again, that's just clutching at straws. To be fair, but but from from Voxels, like I, said, I just mentioned that lad from Runcorn. There, there was um a few lads who came from Runcorn that season, and. One of them managed the team over in one of the dads, sorry, managed the team over in Runcorn called Inter Union, and they were like, it was it was proper good setup there. Like mm. they had like a mad weird sponsorship thing with Nike, and they got loads <laughs> of stuff from Nike. Uh, and they asked me to go down, um, so I left I left Voxels and I went down there and and probably had some of the best. That was probably my best. Like that's when I probably started thinking I could have. I could actually play footy here because mm. um, I think I was there for two seasons and I think we won like we, we did like the quadruple in the first season over two leagues and we did I think we won like six trophies the second season so we did ten in two seasons six trophies yeah because we played a sat we had a Saturday team and we had a Sunday team so I we did the treble in both treble um, treble double treble we, we played in the first year, the first year we played under in, in Union, and we won. Yeah, like I say, we won everything. 
Um, and in the second year is when they had like a thing going on with Ron Corn Linux. Um, and that, yeah, and then we, we start, we played a few games. We think we played against a few like travel teams from like Canada and stuff, which were, mm. which were like they, that they, that like they had this thing with Bolton of quite a few clubs over in the States where Bolton would invite them to come over for like a training camp and they'd play against loads of sides and it was only like a trial game. And I remember, I remember one game specifically, you played this team from Canada and, and they were they were brilliant and this we played in Ron Corn Stadium. And I had a blinder in again. That's another point where I thought, you know, I could actually there's a chance here I could I could get picked up. Never did like but um <laughs> especially when we were winning everything as well. We were just we were just a proper, proper good football team. I yeah. I did I wouldn't say I learned much about football when I played for them. I I still hadn't had any sort of football knowledge in terms of like how to play the game. It was just we were just that good of a team that we just seemed to 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 win everything to be fair and then I had a couple of in that in that year in the end of that year I had a couple of teams that were looking to sign me but nothing ever sort of came about I had a few training training sessions here and there but I never really nothing really came about it to be fair until until yeah that was when I started properly getting into football then that's when I'll probably say my the interesting stuff starts with me to be honest the interesting stuff right okay yeah um well, yeah. Let, so let's let's delve into the interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah on, um, you've you've you've, you've, you've about shite there. You've you've lined oh, yourself uh, up there for 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 a big second half. Yeah, it was my first experience of playing at a club then because I got signed. Chester signed me, yeah. um, like properly. I, I signed like a put shit club, school, put a bit of club. School, yeah. But, but yeah, sorry, Gareth um, Richards, if you do listen to this. Sorry, sorry, guys. Yeah, it was when they were sort of coming through the leagues, and um, yeah, like I say, one of our pre-mentioned guests there, Gareth, signed me, and uh, yeah, that that was a completely different experience because started proper knowledge of football there. It was my first experience of like proper trials because they'd only just started. It was a whole new setup, so I went down to trial in Chester, um, obviously, and um, they there was about probably like fifty lads there. Um, yeah. and that was my first thing where I thought and funnily enough keep up with the knobhead reputation a few <laughs> lads from Warrington who I'm still still uh, still speak to you today said in the changing rooms oh you're that you're that twat who plays for Ron Corn Linux I was like yeah that's me <laughs> so that was when we were in the changes before um, I thought fucking hell there's not a chance any of these lads are going to take a liking to me and then like you say once you start speaking to people they're alright then but that that was probably that was so daunting because again, some of these lads, for instance, the lads um, who were trying to get on as a guest, actually Tom Pears playing for Altingham in the conference now. Mm. He was one of the lads, and he'd just been released from Wigan. Uh, there was a lad called Rob Gilroy who who'd been playing like he, Everton signed him when he was a kid for like fifty grand, and he was like a prodigy, and it, and he he was trialing. There was loads of lads who had clubs, and there was me and a few others who. You hadn't really sort of been anywhere, and I thought to myself, you know, there's not a chance here. But luckily, I, got, I think it was two weeks of trials. Like, I think we did like three, three or four sessions, and I got in, and that's where yeah, I started properly compete. That's when a fl- like a switch sort of flicked. I could have gone like when you hit that age. I think you can go to play footy and take it seriously, or you can like you can be a be a kid and you know do your house parties and stuff. And mm. at the time, I thought the right decision to go for footy and like proper nail down and not really sort of socialise as much um, and that year was great I mean we played 
we played a few some brilliant games. We played Stokes Academy, um, and they absolutely trounced us in the first half. It was like three 0 <laughs> Did you go some, to Stoke? Uh, yeah, we we yeah. trained we we played at their training academy. That training academy played at their academy, which was like again, you you I mean I've I've gone from playing on just like normal fields like a normal lad to like mm. within a space of six months you, you're there and like. You're walking in and there's a big fucking Stoke badge on the side of this building and, you know, there's decent cars around the car park from, and then there's like all lads in, I know it sounds stupid, but there's people milling around in tracksuits everywhere, they're initial. Oh, everywhere, <laughs> all wearing I mean? tracksuits, every single Sox, one of them. Socks tucked um, into them. And just like adverse numbers, like 79, some people just got 79 on the tracksuit. <laughs> He's got an initial, um, his initials under his badge. <laughs> um... Yeah, and I've known that. Yeah, we got chance three 0 in the first half, but then somehow we drew the game three three, and and there you're coming away and you're thinking, fucking hell, have I had a good game there? Like, is there anyone sort of looking? And it sort of never really, never really happened for me there, to be honest. And that's when sort of the un unlucky started creeping in for me, which is what I like trying. I've got like a little cousin at the moment who's doing well in footy, and that's why I try and stress to him about putting all your eggs in one basket. I was quite good in school. So uh, I did well in my GCSEs and that. So I wasn't just putting it all at football, but I was insistent that I was going to be a footballer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that's where sort of, I wouldn't say nightmare, but I'd say for me personally, it, well, it was a bit of a nightmare, to be honest, because we, Gareth left and we had this new lad come in called Kyle McIntyre, who's actually head coach at Runcorn Linnets now. He, was, he is a fantastic coach. Uh, and he, he started taking our sessions. And I think he, he had a team in his head and I think I was in that team and it come to the last training session of pre-season. Um, again, a few lads were like milling around the first team at the point as well. So there was like lads training with the first team here and there. Do you know the first team was short or I think it was uh, Neil Young was still in charge there if, if like Neil wanted to look at them. Um, and I never got a shout but I was still thinking, you know, keep going on. I was, I was fit, as a fit, like, fit as fuck. And uh, we did like a little drill and uh, I got my Got my like, got my shoe. I, I was wearing astroturf boots as well. Uh, caught in the ground and um, snapped my f- um, fibula. Um, so like literally, just cl- it was a clean break, which was good for me. But I, I remember doing it, and it was like we're doing a two-on-one drill, and I went to block a ball, and I had like a big bat, like I had like a like it was like a slap, and I just was like, and my my, my leg just went like dead hot and I was like oh my god and my manager the, the other fella Paul Kelly his name was he ran over he was like oh it's just don't worry he was like trying to settle me down he's like it, it would could have just been the ball you know just hitting off you or off a shin pad yeah uh, took me to the car and it was my, my poor grandma who was my mum and dad were on holiday at the time my poor grandma had to take me to the hospital and yeah that snapped my snapped my fibula and um, my mum and dad were away and um, we didn't we didn't tell my dad because we didn't want my mum and dad would have just come back off their holiday because I think they were only two days in. And uh, Chester, Where were they? Uh, not even far, just in Newquay and Cornwall. Oh, um, nice. uh, so it wasn't too bad. Wait, it's Newquay. Chester, that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Cal Crowd. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> he, he won't be listening. Nah, he won't. Um, but yeah, we. we, we um, and Chester had actually done like, you know, when some sides take like an 11, so you'll go and it'll be like the Wrexham, for instance, the Wrexham XI versus, yeah. I don't know, someone like Landlord Noah or someone like that. Yeah. And Chester yeah. Did, did a game like that and 
Um, obviously, I wasn't involved, and my dad had seen the team sheet on Twitter, and he was like, it was all, I don't think any first team lads went. It was majority youth team, and he didn't see my name on it, and he thought it was particular, but he never brought it up to me, and then, like, he never rang to worry, uh, and then they came back, and they said, they had a feeling something was up, because something just didn't seem right, like, the way we were being on the phone, and yeah, they came in, and I, I broke my leg, and that was probably the first, like, it, it's a novelty sometimes, because you're walking around on crutches, and you don't you think, ah, oh, this is just something that would go away in six weeks. I think I was in cast for like two months, and um, or three months, and then it's all like rehab and go, going through it. Like this, you, you just feel like when you get out of cast, you should just be able to just jump straight back into football. Mm. Um, and that's what I thought I could do. And um, yeah, I just I, I tried my best to get back, and I was still as fit as I was before, but I was taking part in training, and the lads were just. Because we had a shit up team, to be fair. We had some really good players. The lads were just had just gone that extra step. Do you know what I mean? Like they'd left me behind. And I never really thought I'd get back in and I wasn't getting in the side. And I made I, I just sort of thought I'd sort of leave and just try and sort of find somewhere else to go and, and, and play football. And yeah, I went back to Runcorn Linux to play in their youth team. That never worked out. And then and then I came back again, which was like not suggestible. I start again. Thought I'd do well in football. I went on trial at like Nantwich Town. I did really well there. But traveling was like this yeah. is for the. I think it was for their under twenty ones. It wasn't for the first team or anything like that. Um, the traveling was too much. And then a team called Ashton Athletic up in Wigan um, asked me to go and sign for them. And I said no initially because it was too far. And then um, I decided to join Altrincham instead. And again, didn't work out for me there at all because sometimes your face just doesn't fit in places so uh yeah I, from I, I went to Ashton and um like yeah the, the fella there made me captain straight away and um I was I was flying to be I mean we were we were we weren't actually doing very well in the league but because we were getting hammered it made the lads at the back look quite good yeah um so the reserves came for me and again this is what I always ask people about luck Again, I, I, I can't say I would have played the blind, but we were meant to have a reserve game against Morecambe. The, the reserves had asked me to play in like the Lancashire Thursday Night League. I think Steve McNulty mentioned it uh, when he was on the pod. I think years ago, like a load of the reserve teams used to chuck their players in, um, and it's a sort of sort of like narrowed down now. You have got like teams like Morecambe and, and that, and yeah, Morecambe meant to be coming down. They were, they were meant to be bringing like the bullets as well because they had a load of first team lads out. Yeah. Um, and then, at like an hour before the game, we got called off for a waterlogged pitch, and like it never, nothing ever came of it. And then yeah. we had an away game in Workington, which was like up in Barrow, yeah. And that yeah. got called off last minute, and I never really got the chance. And then my dad was working nights at the time, so we we called it, we called it a day, because um, it wasn't fair. Because I was going to training at like half seven, getting back at like ten, and then my dad would have to go straight to work, so he wasn't seeing my mum or my sister. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that that was sort of you, you, again you, you, the football thing had sort of like sort of that sort of sort of died for me um, in a way. And again, I, it still, I, I wasn't like I was going out on the ale or anything. I was just sort of like I was still adamant I was potentially going to become a footballer, but I was slipping into bad habits. Like I, I wouldn't be going out and staying into chain of football. I'd just be staying in. And not doing anything, if that makes sense. Because yeah. 
I, I was still, I, I held on to like, not animosity, but I had this like chip on my shoulder, a massive chip on my shoulder, which, do you know what? I probably still got today in a lot of ways about looking. I thought, you know, fucking hell, it, it could have only have been me that broke my leg then. No one else had, no, you know, I was the only lad that year to have a bad injury. A lot of the lads have probably had serious injuries over their football careers, but you know, fucking hell, I put all my like effort over years for this, like two, three years, and it never came. It never came for me. And I, I never really got my mum and dad supported me, but off, you know, other people in football, I never really got anything. Not that you deserve it, but I think as a kid, no matter what level, at the end of the day, I'm not talking like I was an elite player, but I was still, a, I mean, I, 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 I captained Ashton in, in a FA Youth Cup game, which to me is like, a massive thing and it was at the time yeah, yeah. Uh, we lost like um, but it was still like I still thought you know I have who did I'm, you play I'm playing uh, we played Prescott Cables alright okay. um, and we got yeah we got we got we got we got we got twatted to be fair I think we <laughs> lost like 3-1 um, That's but yeah do, 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 do you know what I mean like we it, it, I, I was just I so was I just holding a lot of fell out of love with the game in that sense like um, you know. Yeah, I did, and I felt like I was just clutching at straws to play. Like I was just moving. How can you be a journeyman at seventeen? Like I played for like four different clubs in the space of like eight months. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it was like, what am I doing? Like my, my dad's given up all his time for this, and I, I think I held a lot of blame on myself. Like my dad, by the way, like when people talk about like probably everyone else's parents, like your your two parents, you know. Your dad goes and watches you play football or your mum goes and watches you. Like, my dad did everything for me, took me everywhere. And I think I thought, you know, maybe I've let him down a bit because you do all this under the under the presumption that I'm going to make a career out of football when he, when you don't. You do it because... Yeah, I think I think that's the thing with, with your dad though, isn't it, in football? Like, you want to sort of make... You know, whether it's football or, or other sports, you know, you want to sort of do your dad proud, don't you? And that's, you know, I think that's quite a big thing for... For a for a lad in a way, you know, especially in a sport yeah. sense. Yeah, a hundred percent, mate. And I think, like I say, you, you, especially young lads, like I mentioned before, whether you're coming from like a, a non-league team that have had some sort of academy set up to the elite team, like elite teams, like you know, you like so like your Liverpool's and your Everton's. I think there should be a bit more support for these young lads because you know what, I, I like. There's, lads, there's a lot of support for pros who fall out of the game, and rightfully so. But these lads still haven't like mentally sort of grown up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can you can blame yourselves and you can think so immaturely at even at 18 that you, you can think, fuck it. This is why some lads slip out of the game and you know go down bad paths. Because maybe there isn't enough support. Now I'm on yeah. the complete opposite end of the scale in the sense that it's not like a top, top level thing. But still, I, I was still at a a, a decent club at the time yeah. and, and I never you just get bounced around because at the end of the day like people just want to win in a lot of teams it's not about development it's about wanting to win especially as you go down the pyramid if that makes sense yeah. the, the and if your face doesn't fit yeah the mentality is still sort of the same though. whether you're at Chester whether you're at Liverpool Man City whoever your mentality, if your mentality is that you want to be a professional football player, then that is your mentality. And if, that, if that is all of a sudden taken away from you... Yeah, then, of course. You know, that's a pretty gutting feeling, I can imagine. And again, this isn't to say that Chester didn't help me out because, like I said, they put me through all their rehab. But I think I didn't... Again, you can't hold blame on... You can't put blame on anyone, but I don't think that 
at the time there was nothing really there was nothing really about it was only what like eight years ago there wasn't really much concentration on mental health at the time like yeah. Chester really looked after me they made sure but well when I left I was able to play football again do you know what I mean yeah. and they looked after me but I never really I, I, whether it was from Chester or the clubs that I went to in the process after I never felt like I, I was ever or I ever even asked myself do you know what I mean like I think I put it to the back of my mind thinking ah, it's, you know you're just being an idiot um Whereas I think if I would have put it on the plate to people and maybe spoke about it, people would have been like, fucking hell, you know, you wouldn't know. Because when I, when I play footy, I am a loud mouth, do you know what I mean? I'm just... Yeah, that, you that, said that's, it. That's, yes. Exactly, that's where most of my football <laughs> I, I, I'll tell, comes I'll from. I'll tell a funny story about you right now, considering you've just said that bit. You'll know what I'm going to say. But the first <laughs> game you played for, that, for the current team we play for, um, I'd been playing for... I'd already been yeah been there a season and you you joined obviously already know your mates of you etc. You I think it was only a friendly wasn't it and and you said to me in the car on the way there I picked you up and you go eh, I'm, how are the lads I'm gonna be you know if it, I, I'm do I need to I'll probably be quiet for first sort of few minutes I'll probably be quite quiet um, <laughs> or bed myself in see how see how we go um. And you know you ended up starting, didn't you? This first game, literally, as soon as we kicked off, bang, out left, out left, switch on, no turn, no turn. I, I literally burst out laughing, thinking, "Fucking hell, that didn't take long." <laughs> oh <But>, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking and that hell, probably yeah. sums sums that loud mouth up. Bit up. Yeah, one hundred percent. And like you say, I think people can gain a lot of assumptions from that, um, like that you know someone's just a brash person in a sense especially at a young age whereas I don't really I didn't really I wasn't really like that I was pretty fucking broken to be fair um, mm. and then I, like I say yeah, when you talk about nightmares it sort of only got worse I, I went back to Vauxhalls then back where it all sort of began um, in goal that's <laughs> um, yeah, where your goalkeeping because I lost a bit started. of my fitness but yeah, uh, funnily enough, where the problem, I had, I was playing on a Saturday for Vauxhalls outfield um, and then for their West Cheshire like youth team, then on a Sunday in their Northwest Youth Alliance team in goal. And we played a team, Bootle, uh, and I was playing. But again, don't ask me how. I, I started up front because um, I'd had a dead good game the week before, just filling in for someone for like 15 minutes. So I started up front and I didn't feel like 100%. Something just didn't feel right. Like, it was yeah. just weird. Um, and then I, I, I was just blowing, like unnecessarily blowing. Um, and then I got moved to centre-half the second half, whether that was because I was blowing or whether that was just because I was playing shit. But <laughs> I got moved to centre-half. And um, I just remember, um, like, mad feeling like a ball hitting me on the chest. And like I just, I just collapsed. And I was like... I just couldn't really I didn't really have much recollection of what was going on mm. I didn't really think much of it at the time and then there was like this team we were playing Bootle you know big hard scouse lads I remember one lad I can't I can't remember his name it's quite it's not sad but like it's horrible to think about but he was like laying next he was not laying next to me but he was like crouched over me and he was like holding my hand he was like you're, you're alright lad you're alright lad and I remember thinking to myself fucking hell what's just happened Anyway, I went to the hospital and I had um, I had like a few ECGs and they found this, 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 whatever it was. They said something doesn't seem right, so we're going to keep you in overnight for observation. 
I ended up spending two weeks in Prasakali Hospital, go undergoing like every type of heart test you could possibly think of. Um, like I did like a treadmill test. I did a test where they um, they inject you with um, like st- it's like some sort of stimulant to raise your heartbeat to like induce some sort of like it's basically to induce an attack. Um, right. Because they thought there was something wrong with my chest, and like I say, football wise, I, I got back into enjoying it there's a bit of a push but I got back to playing which was enough for me and yeah. I was playing with Crossy he was obviously one of my good mates and I got a few good mates in that team and then the next thing this happened and funnily enough my mum was actually on holiday um, <laughs> during this one and um, you're a fucking nightmare remember, you know? no wonder you don't go on holiday anymore <laughs> <laughs> exactly and my dad my dad came to see came into the hospital and Initially, they didn't really know what was going on because sort of went in and no one knew what had happened because I didn't even know myself what had happened. So I was actually sat in exactly A&E waiting room after something apparently serious had happened because like, I was sort of just left because not even the ambulance knew. Anyway, I was about to go in to get what sort of like dismissed and this bootle assistant manager runs in and he's like, Nathan Rowe, Nathan Rowe. He comes over and he's ex- and then he explains to the doctor what's happened and the doctor's face just like dropped to link me up to all these ECGs uh, and then they realised something was wrong and he was saying I remember him saying to me like you know your eyes were rolling in the back of your head like it, it, we thought it was something serious like they actually went to there was a goals next door and they went to see if they had a defibrillator which I mean if it was something that potentially serious they didn't actually have one and there was quite a big thing about that but they I think they eventually have one now but I remember thinking then, shit, like what has what has happened, and them two weeks sort of dragged dragged by quite a lot because I didn't really know what had happened. Like I had no, I had yeah. no prior like problems with my chest, no like hereditary family problems, um, and yeah, this had sort of just all slammed on me at once. And eventually, I got well, what's called a loop recorder put into my chest, which is like a USB, effectively like a USB stick in your chest. And it's literally just under your skin. They put it in like a little pocket. You have an operation, and then you and then you go, and then you go from there. Um, and that was just one of that's just that was the second sort of problem that I, that I'd had football wise. And fucking grim. That. Funnily enough, at the time, I still wanted to play football, which was just which was just weird. Um, obviously, I didn't go back for a while. Um, I stupidly played five aside like two months after when I was told not to. Um, and then I just packed it in because I thought it's just not it's not worth. It. I had this thing in my chest. Um, yeah, it's quite it's quite it's quite difficult to talk about. To be fair, because I'm still like no one knows sort of what ever happened to me. Um, you didn't actually figure it out, no, no, because this this loop recorder continually records your heartbeat, and I had it in my chest on and off for other reasons um, for three years, and nothing was ever recorded. Um, so. That leads obviously leads me to me. there's nothing wrong with my heart, which is a relief, yeah. of course. But it still leaves left me with the question of what it actually was. Mm. Uh, like, was did I have like some sort of mad panic attack? Um, even though I wasn't under any stress, I was doing the thing that I love doing the most. Um, as cringy as that sounds, but you're most relaxed when you're playing football, yeah. aren't you? Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was that that was a, that was a shock, and then sort of sort of again was just another sort of chink in my arm and if that makes sense like I just didn't really know where to go from there to be honest and then right yeah I mean that's 
you know, that's obviously a difficult fucking period to sort of come through, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll keep, you know, obviously we'll keep it back to football. How do you almost sort of get, you know, where's what steps are you told do you want to take after that? Because I imagine it's a pretty scary thought, even contemplating yeah. in football well, again. Well, well, that's it, mate. And I, I, I probably still, as you know, even though I'm not half as fit as I used oh. to be, if I'm, if I'm fit at all. Um, you can probably, you probably know through both playing next to me when we play. Oh, you barely get half an hour, don't you? Do you know, yeah, exactly. exactly. But you know how I am with like, I just get anxious about my chest all the time now. Even though yeah. I, nothing's happened to me since touch wood, um, like I still get anxious about it. And so at the t- but funnily enough, at the time, I wasn't, I just wasn't really bothered because I was eighteen. And I was like, do you know what? It doesn't fucking really matter. But that's when I discovered ale then properly. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that probably, that was probably a bit of a, it is what it is, isn't it? When you turn 18, I think I just turned 18 then. And yeah, and football was just like a, a, a on backing the, point then. On the uh, back even though, I, yeah, I still, even though I still wanted to play, I wasn't really too, too fussed until... I got a call from a lad I used to play footy with at Chester, uh, and he there's a team that started. I don't actually, I don't think they're about anymore. Well, they are, but they don't have a senior team called FC Nomads of Connors Key. Um, the, <laughs> genuine serious team, like um, they were like a they were like an offset of um, Connors Key Nomads because they wanted the team yeah. actually in Connors Key. Uh, if right. that makes sense, yeah. Because um, I don't know whether yeah. Connor's key nomads were like a, a, a maybe they combined with another team or something like that. But something had happened, and there was like a Phoenix club that was essentially nomads of Connor's key that were up and coming. And so I went and signed for their reserve team. The, 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 their actual first team were getting paid at the time, and um, they were they were flying. They got they got promoted to the. Kimru, is it? Alliance? Fuck How do you pronounce me. it? Kumri? Kumri? <laughs> Alliance. Kumri Alliance? Oh, we'll delete that. <laughs> Fucking Simru. What did you just say? Um, Kumri Alliance. Um, <laughs> but they couldn't, they couldn't actually get, they couldn't go up because the stadium wasn't, wasn't, um, yeah. wasn't like fit enough. Uh, and I got back, I got back to playing it then, uh, playing football quite and enjoying it again. Mm. Like proper enjoying it. Uh, again, I was about to start uni. So I wasn't really, I wasn't we really too. We won't talk about too, uni. No, we won't talk about uni. That was a bit of a, that was a bit of a, that was a bit of a, uh, a down. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't really like about playing football again, but like or making anything out of it. But I was happy to be playing again, and I was doing quite, I did quite well to be fair. Um, what what position were you playing in for them? I was, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, I was playing back, playing centre half then. Uh, after a brief yeah. stint in goal, I back playing centre half and back to being fairly fit. To be honest with you, I still had this thing in my chest, but I was allowed to play with it in because it, it it was not meant to. It, it shouldn't really break. Um, well, it didn't break playing football, and obviously as a centre half, as you know, it's quite physical. So um, effectively, your own sort of like heart rate monitor, isn't it? You know, like these sports. Yeah. Tests, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's Stat Sports, the company that do the best. Man, in in a Stat Sports, effectively a free one of them, or on the taxpayers' money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
<laughs> you cheeky bastard. Um, I got I got back into um into playing and yeah, there was another there was another sort of thing that happened. I got I got I got pretty badly assaulted, which affected like my vision in one of my eyes, and um and my heart rate monitor actually broke in the chest. Um, and this was again in terms of correlation with football because uh, it, it does have a lot of correlation with football for me is that I was back enjoying football again and like feeling like I was my mind was probably getting a bit healthier and then it mm. all came crashing down and yeah the heart rate monitor broke in my chest and at that point then I was just sort of football again I appreciate I was never ever near being a professional footballer even being paid to be a professional footballer but I think it's quite important for people to know, like, at any level, you can be football. Football is a lot of people's lives, no matter how good or bad they are at it. Yeah. So to, to have it taken away from you in any way, regardless of whether it's to do with football or not, can affect you. Can affect you mentally one hundred percent. If that makes sense, like oh, it can yeah. completely. Yeah. So this thing had broken in my chest, and regardless of what happened to me, I'd had problems with my eyes of it obviously hence why I've got a bit of a lazy eye now um, and I felt like it was never I, I just thought like every time I go back to playing football I'm, I'm fucked like uh, something bad happens to me and I, I probably got myself into a proper dark place then I started I started playing I started drinking not just in not again not just in correlation with university but just over drinking every single day Um in uni, and I went down a bit, bit of a bad patch. To be fair, probably like eight months, and I think it was like an accumulation of like everything that had happened to me over the past few years, and all of that to me pointed towards football. And the hard thing about that, and as much as my dad always says to me, my mum, you know, it's probably best to pack it in now. As much as everything bad that's happened to me has affected my football or come from football, it's the only thing that I truly get. Obviously, you've got your mates. Um, obviously, I've got, my, I've got my girlfriend, but the only thing other than like basic, other than like relationships with people that I truly take enjoyment out of. And mm. playing football is different to watching football completely. Like I love watching football, oh, yeah. but playing it is like of, of a completely different, it's just it's just different, isn't it? If that it's that makes like sense. release like, of sort of adrenaline, isn't it? And like competitiveness exactly. and everything. Everything just sort of comes out of you, and yeah, I feel like that sort of proper sort of again affected me uh, quite a lot. And I took like a three, eight, nineteen, three years. I didn't play football for. Um, I tried to get back into it playing for like that Camel Edge team, but my my head was never in it. And I think I pointed fingers at other people like as to why I wasn't into football and why it wasn't working for me. Mm. Like and I did never really think my head was ever really in it to be honest with you. Yeah. And I still had this thought in my head, you know, I'm gonna get back to playing football, like it's not over, but I clung on to it. I think I was just clinging on to it at that point and like sort of and I still hadn't again, away from football and another quite important thing that is like I never ever told anyone about it. Like it was just never anything. I never told my girlfriend about it, my mum, I never told any of my mates about it. And um, it just continued to build up, and it was probably built up for like three, three years until I ever really spoke to anyone about it. I went to counselling and stuff, but it never, it never helped. 
for mm. me until I actually spoke to one of my mates. I can't think who it, who it was or I can remember how it went, but I just remember just like when I spoke to someone, it was just like a bit of a, a weight lifted off my shoulders. And and then I, I, again, at that point, I had like a thing where, you know, now I've got that emotional weight off my shoulders after having like a few years out of playing football, after it being such a massive thing in my life, like I want to get back into it now. And I never, because I'd, cause I'd been, I'd played in like Runcorn, I'd played in Chester. I was never, no one ever around here knew who I was. And that people still don't even know that I'd ever played football. Not that yeah. I was ever better than anyone else, but like you've got certain people that I know that are good at football, that everybody knows are good at football. For instance, yeah. you got Crossy, who plays, even in like Birkenhead Sunday, everyone knows he's a fantastic footballer because he's been about, and I never really had that. So I never had like an in with anyone. No mm. one ever, no one knew that I was good until I was in the in the pub by ours and someone came to me and was like, oh, you played in goal before, haven't you, Nate? I was like, yeah, I have. Oh, come and, come and sign for our team, come and train with us. I was like, yeah, sure. I knew all the lads. It was the, the hooth. Um, yeah. And I was like, when I first went into it, it's a bit like, uh, I just want to get back into playing football. And I, I can safely say, and I mean this from the from the bottom of my heart when it comes to things. I sound like I start crying then. But <laughs> joining that football team, genuinely joining that football team is probably why I am as happy as I am now. Because for like the last few years, it like getting back to playing and the lads that were about were like just sort of like it's it's as deep as that sounds and as people probably take the piss, are probably a massive reason why. I got back to being myself again because I went down I played for them I played in goal and then I started playing well in goal and then I started like even little things like you'd go to the pub for a few drinks after and all the lads would be talking to me and I've never ever had that before do you know what I mean like I never had that you know you're fucking hell you're actually half decent at football do you know what I mean and people talking to me in the pub and Probably how I sort of started speaking to you, Hodge, be it when you were when you were working there. Well, I was fucking and, you know, watching you get pissed all the time. That was a laugh. <laughs> but do, do, but do you know do you know do you know what I mean? Like yeah yeah yeah. I, I, I finally felt like I was I was like getting getting back to playing football, and the manager um, who has actually been mentioned before, Polly Fearing, was like another fella that he didn't have a clue who I was when I went, and then within like the first hour of knowing him, I already felt like I was the best keeper in the league. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it was just like there was just like a it's cliche as that sounds. There was always like there was already like a and and he, he the thing with Polly is he never he'd never like tell you, but just because I was there, felt like I was like, and the lads were just there was a buzz about it. I felt like I was just like yeah happy if that makes sense. And um, yes. that season was probably again and um, a genuinely probably the best. Enjoyment-wise, season of Adam football playing for Heath. Um, yeah, we 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 almost cleaned up. If I wasn't, if I hadn't had two stinkers in two semi-finals, we would have done the quadruple. Um, but yeah, that was some of the. But like, we played the game in the Wirral. Sorry, what were you going to say? Go on, go on. Go on. <laughs> I was going to say we played a game in the Wirral Amateur Cup final um, against the Avenue Vets team, and I people always laugh when I say oh, we played the Vets team in a final. And it took us to extra time. But, and if any of them ever listen to this, it's true. It, they're probably one of the best teams I've ever played against. Like, yeah. they were just outrageous. Like, from, um, like, front to back, 
And these are old fellas, do you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. they're, they're, they're older fellas. Um, they give us like the probably the best game we've had all season. That's probably the best game the Hoot have had for the last few years in terms of the competition because we went one nil down to them. A lot fella called Gibbo scored the first one, put it straight through my legs, and they were just bopping it around. They had Gary Jones, if you remember him from yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Bradford, uh, played for a few other clubs. They had him playing in centre mid, and they had like a few other. Uh, they had a few other lads um, playing centre half and playing in goalie were just terrific. And fuck, there was there was it's probably one of the most people I've ever played. There must have been a couple of hundred, probably like three four hundred people there. Where was the final? Full. Just at Hairsville. Oh, yeah, yeah. But because all the lads that play for the Hoot aren't from Eastern, we've got a few lads from Birkenhead. We had a load of lads from Birkenhead come down and obviously the Avenue were from them ways. So they, mm. they had loads of people there. And um, it was just like, it, that was another thing where I just got rinsed from their side. It was the first, my first experience of like how people can get into my head playing football. Like I was playing in goal and lad, I got absolutely... There was a few, those 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 a few things that I was like uh, I could have potentially got upset about, but like they were they were just tearing into me, and it made fair play to them. It made a big difference. Calling me <laughs> the kit that I got put in that day was so tight, and I am already as you know a big lad, and they were just calling me a sausage and a pie man, and like <laughs> I was just getting ruined right in front of in front of loads and loads of people and. They were just laughing about it, and I had one. Gary Jones took a shot, and uh, it was a P-roller, mate. An absolute P-roller, right? And for some reason, instead of just, like, doing what I'd normally do, which is just, like, picking it up and doing that classic, maybe putting my knee down so I make sure it didn't go through my legs, I decided the best option was to just, like... I'm trying to think of the... the a Man United keeper did it once years ago. Or, like, like, lie over it. and um, So, like... Come, and it slipped. I know, I know what you mean. I actually know which keeper you mean. Like I just can't think of his fucking name. Taibi. Was it Taibi? The keeper. Something like he that, He had yeah. trackies on. He had tra- <laughs> All I know is he had trackies on. Messino um, Taibi. I don't know why. Yeah, if that's wrong, that's getting edited out. But... And, um, oh, I slipped right through my arms. And I shut my legs as quick as I could. Was it Massimo Taibi? Massimo Taibi. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, well, I, I mean, he's a goalkeeper that played for Man United. He played four games, and I think it's the same time. One of them was definitely that game, and yeah. it, had, it went through my legs, and I shut my legs as quick as I could, and it clicked like the, one of the. It sounds stupid, like movie stuff, but I clicked one of my studs and just went wide. And I remember thinking to myself, "Shit, these lads are genuinely in my head here. Like, I, I could genuinely cost us this final." And <laughs> It's dead clever what they did. Like, as I walked off for half time, a few of them came around and they're like, Oh, we're only because they were 1-0 up, they're like, Oh, we're only messing, you know, it's only it's only football. And um went out for the second half and they just did the same thing again. <laughs> <laughs> and um I, I had a quite a good game in the end, but for their second goal, it was a it was an absolute bog. And um this lad uh, I can't think of what his name is. He was playing in. They called. I think they called Gary Jones Mojo. But they were, he was playing next to this Mojo in centre mid, and he, he bent this ball into the top corner. And I could have got there, and I slipped, and I got a glove to it, and it went in. And as I was coming down, and when again I talk about luck in football, I just went bang, and my head just 
smacked the goalpost and just knocked me clean out. Like, you know. I was just out of it completely. And the only <laughs> the only thing I remember is waking up and a lad called Steve Scott was over the top of me with a gin and tonic in his hand and a ciggy. And he was like, yeah, you're all right, you're all right. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh, my God, what have I woken up to here? <laughs> and... Um, and I remember the last, it was like dead late in the game. And that was to equalise for them because we turned it round on 2-1 up. And um, yeah, I remember the last second day, like, it was like going into extra time and Louis Louis Fearing was like putting like rubbing vapor rub on the nose saying, smelling salts, lad, it'll get your head straight. Did, smelling you, salts. did you carry on playing? Yeah, I, I played on. I played played for the, the rest of the game. And, um, that and, is outrageous, uh, by the way. Just oh, quickly. this is this is funny. This is, oh, this is funny. I went down again because they were at one point they were getting on top of us again, and I thought to myself, like my head's going dizzy here. I'm gonna have to sit down. So I took a lie down, right? And this lad shouts from the from the touchline, goes quiet a bit. Like there was quite a few people there. Goes quiet a bit, and this lad goes, "I'll tell you what, we'll get him up. Get him a fucking pie." <laughs> and lad, I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I was, I my dad was on the pitch and I was like, oh, dad, what the fuck's going on here? I'm not enjoying this at all. <laughs> and um, anyway, long story short, we, we we went on to win it an extra time. A lad called, um, sorry, 17, a lad who scored Tom Perrin, his name is, from Ellesmere Port, scored the winner. And honestly, mate, I've never seen teams like it at a football match. Like, in terms of amateur football, there was just people, it was just pandemonium. There was just people everywhere. And that was like, we all went back to Hoot after and it was it was some night and I remember just thinking this is this is what this is what I've been missing for so long. If, yeah. if that makes sense. Like I've missed all this and this is what like even though it's something so small, but this is what something like this can can do. This is what like it sounds stupid, but this is what like being this age is about meeting new lads and playing football and fucking winning trophies. And um yeah, we won won the league that year as well and I got Got for player of the season, which is which was like genuinely like one of the best things that that I've, that I've actually sort of won to be honest because I couldn't believe it. Like I was just made up. I, I think I joined like two months into the season as well, and put, obviously it was Polly and um, Mickey uh, Mickey Smith's choice and as well, which probably meant a bit more because I was like you know these fellas who've had such a good career in the game of locally and that of, of um, give me it and then yeah again it's a bit of a repetition in this but. Uh, a bit more bad luck after that. Fucking, it's probably the worst injury of the lot. This one, last again, weird thing. Last game, I think it was in fact the second to last game of pre-season. Um, we were playing. In fact, it's a quick thing to go back on on that one. I, I played for the Sunday team at the same time called the Hoolies from Birkhead, and um, I was in. I, I got in with them through a lad at the Hoots, and that was another great season. I, I won a trophy with them, which was. Being a lad that's just not from Birkenhead, and I had all these lads from Birkenhead like cheering me on. I, it just felt it was just weird. I felt mm. like this is what I'd been missing out football wise for the three years that I didn't play. Like there was lads behind the goal who were like who played it at Lairds. They were like saying, "Oh come on, come on, Nate, fucking you're doing well." And I know it sounds dead petty, but it was just like for me, I was like, "Fucking hell, this is this is what I needed all these years to like." Yeah, come back from anything, and they had some fantastic players as well, like that Hoolies team, just as well as the Hoos. Um, but yeah, going back at second to last game of pre season, I've been having a bit of not verbals, it was more banter with this striker for um, another team, the, the team that we were playing against in this friendly. And the ball come over the top, and it bounced just in front of me. 
Jordan went back, yeah, probably about five yards in front of me, and this lad lobbed me. And because we've been having a bit of back and forth during the game, I was falling back, and I've like locked my arm to fall back. And this lad's just like, instead of like going around me, because the ball had almost gone in, instead of going around me, he's just gone bang straight through me. Right, and my arm's locked. Yeah. And I'm a heavy guy for any audio listeners. And probably at the time, I was lighter than what I am now, but I'm probably tipping in on the scale to about 16 and a half stone. And um, I, I probably was at the time. And my arm was locked and I fell back onto my arm with the pressure of this lad. And it was like split second. And what happened was I got up. Obviously, your arm bends inward. I got up and I was on my knees and my arm was bent outwards. It makes me feel so like. And like, told me that before, I, and it fucking I genuinely, <laughs> a genuine, for anyone who's never broken a bone, that was like next level. Like, because it didn't hit me. And there was this lad, uh, Ryan, his name was, who's a centre half. He was a good footballer, but quite a, quite a, quite a tough lad as well. And I knew it was, sh- I knew shit had hit the fan when he ran over and he was like, oh my God, your arm. I was like, oh shit. And I looked up at my arm and I saw it and I was on my knees. So I like flung it back to this position. And I was like holding it, like, you know, like cradling it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Like, because I heard it snap, I felt it, I felt all of it go. And I was like, <sighs> oh my God, like, what have I done here? Me. Yeah, it. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, lad. So I was like, anyway, I was laid there for, I think I was laid there for like 45 minutes because the ambulance never came. And the dad then took me up to, took me up to Ira Park and they put my, they put me under the, um, just in the x ray. And they, normally, the what, what they call it, radiologists or whatever, they never normally tell you what you've done. And I said to them, I was like, listen, what have I done here? I said, have I broke it? She's like, you haven't broke it. You've, you've, you've actually just like completely, your arms almost disintegrated. So basically, like, there's, there was like a couple of, probably like centimeters of bone that just gone missing because it all, it didn't snap. It like snapped and it fragmented and it split. Yeah. So like my arm had just was effectively almost in half sort of yeah. so yeah they went back and I had an operation and um, they said to my mum they said it should only be like three hours it's not it's not too it's not, it won't be nothing too serious um, said if it is you know we'll come and get you my mum sat in the thing in Arab Park three hours goes by and no one no one comes to her four hours goes by no one comes to her five hours go by no one and then on the sixth hour she gets up to speak Another lad, the lad called Kieran, his mum was actually a nurse out of park who actually looked after me for the days after. Really, like, fantastic. He luckily spotted her and she's like, listen, I can't remember what her name was. Um, can you just go and see? Because it's been six hours, double the time. She went, of course, yeah. So she went down and came back and said, they're not done with him yet. Anyway, nine hours it took for them to put my arm sort of back together. Um, and I'd like all got like a big sort of uh, metal bar in it and all of all the pins and um again it was like square one i, I just started a new job as well uh, but luckily I've, I've been able to to get back to but i was like at, at a, a complete high like uh, it was probably one of the best i think it was, was it 20, 2018 world cup 2018 it was just after the 2018 yeah. world cup so yeah. everyone like it, it was everyone was just wasn't like the, the and it was just fantastic and it never hit me for like the first week. Again, it was like novelty of having your arm in and being off work. And then it hit me. I was like, this is just, this is it. And then I didn't realise how serious it was till I got my cast taken off like 
my first cast was taken off me like a month or two after, like the first operation cast. Yeah. And I said to my dad, I said, because again, I didn't know how big the operation was being. I was told it was only going to be a couple of inches. And I took it off and I said to my dad, you know, can you just have a quick look at it? See what it looks like. <clears throat> and I was looking at the top of my arm and I saw a cut at the top of my arm and I thought, that's not where it broke. Anyway, the, as you lads will know, the, the scar goes from the top of my arm to just probably like a couple of inches below my elbow. So they had yeah. to cut the whole the whole thing open. And I think that's when it sort of hit me. And again, football-wise, I, I, you know, that there was there was sort of no coming back from that really. Um a lot again, everything that I've built up to have, you know, the relationship with all the lads, the success with football, a new job, being in a, a healthy mind after all the years out, it just all for me, even though it probably wasn't the way, for me it just all come back. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like it's not it's not as if the lad didn't mean to do it. I mean he might he, he might have gone to hurt me. But he didn't mean to break my arm. I, you can't hold animosity towards him. No. Can't hold animosity towards myself. There's no one. That's probably the most difficult thing. It sounds stupidest, but there's no one to blame. Like you yeah. just sat there, like you almost what? want someone to blame. Yeah, don't you? yeah. You you almost want someone to put it on, even fucking... if it's yourself. But exactly, when it's nothing like there. you go and think like it's your fault, you know, Ed. When it it, it it sort of there was no one to do that to, and yeah, I thought then. <laughs> I remember remember my girlfriend saying, you know. You told me about all your injuries in the past. You're on like this is like operation number four after all your chest. Is it really worth playing football anymore? And at the time, you think you're saying no. And I was going. I had no. I had. There was nothing in my head, and still to this day, that's ever going to stop me from playing football. <laughs> like I know that sounds stupid, but even after that, I was like, and but then it reality hits in then because a year on, and I still wasn't playing football. I still wasn't back at work. And obviously, unfortunately, I lost my job. Um, but again, going back to that, that was through my arm. I sort of lost my job because it, it required, like, you know, looking after people. Um, but in terms of, like, I can't, it would be rude to completely bypass what the lads at the, the Hoot did for me, like, at multiple fundraisers because obviously they knew I was out of work. And they raised, like, you know, what you're going on, like, about four figures you know in the end of all the stuff that they did for me yeah it's fantastic and, and it helped yeah. me out so much because like I say even at 22 you've got bills to pay you've got you've got your rent to pay you know all things like that and yeah that again that was nice because I think without that and again I've been to I played for all these not like non-league clubs at a, at a youth team level and I'd come to see any football and that was the first time anybody had ever I ever felt like anybody had actually cared if that makes sense <clears throat> again not that people should but all it took was the lad Louis Fearon taking me to the pub one afternoon and giving me an envelope and saying listen there's a card in there and the lads have done a little thing for you I got home and I was like he's like don't open it till you're home I opened it up and there was all this money and I, I appreciate yeah. money's not everything but it just showed that I was like fucking hell these lads they you know they, they care and that's brilliant that yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's what that's did that's you know anything about that when he before he did it no nah I, and you know what mate I'd never ever expect anyone to do it for me but but the, what they've instilled in for me now is if I was ever playing football I'd be the first person to try and suggest something like that do you know what yeah, I mean yeah because I know how much I had no clue mate I thought because Louis just said to me you know come down for a come down to the hoop for a pint so I was like yeah sure you know get you out get me out of the house <clears throat> and we had a few pints and he just said listen you know I've got to go um, 
could take this envelope. The lads have done a little thing for you, you know, even you know Polly and Mickey as well. Um, and it, yeah, I was like, fucking hell, this is that, that I never ever expected that off anyone. Um, yeah. And I think that just shows what something so it, it wasn't little because it was big, and they did it multiple times for me over the course of the season, and I just didn't expect it every time. And even like at the end, we, we went for the that that season. I had the whole season out. Obviously, we did that at the end of season awards, and they give me like because they again a very good team. We won another cup, and Polly like gave me a medal. He was like, you know, I was there watching them most weeks. Yeah, and that was just great for me. But again, it, it's shit. You know, you, you fall, you can feel yourself getting down that dark patch again of going into mm. you know feeling shit. But um, that probably kept me out. And I like I said to you lads before, that was probably one of the reasons that I am like fucking still involved in football and quite yeah. happy to this day and yeah. and then obviously yeah. we've got you know and I'm still involved with them as much as I can but football wise I think especially with with them I wouldn't blame them if they never wanted me to play for them again only because of what happened and I, is it really right to give people that pressure of having you know what I mean like I went back and played one game in goal and fucking hell, I dropped an absolute clanger on the first shot. Like, I'm talking the way, I, it was that bad. I probably could have got up and stopped it from going in. I was that embarrassed. I just let it roll in. Um, <laughs> and then I remember thinking, I don't want it. I don't want these lads to like. It, it's not pressure. It's no pressure for no one to have because we had all problems with the insurance from the FA. Um, and again, you can't point fingers, but I give all my insurance details in, and nothing ever came of it. Um, Polly, the manager, pushed it for me to the right, to the top, and nothing ever really came out for me. You know, there was no real help there. Yeah. Which I, I don't know who to blame, but all I did what I needed to do my end, and Polly and the Hoop did what they needed to do their end. So I can never really say what came, what happened there. But again, I wouldn't want to put that pressure on people. And I go back and occasionally turn up, and uh, you know they'll give me a game up front for five minutes. But <laughs> but no, I mean they're a good, they're a good team. And I wouldn't want to, I don't want the pressure of, I don't want them to think like, you know, you've got to put me back in the team playing goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They did enough for me. They've done enough for me already. Like, yeah. genuinely. And I don't mean that, like, in a half measure either. And then, obviously, it comes back to, and again, like, you lads won't know this, but the team that we now play for on a Sunday, the three of us, that's been massive for me, which is why I get so upset that fucking, you know, we haven't been playing because, that that was again coming back to playing with like mates that I'd have for a while. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and getting yeah. back into Sunday league because obviously the Hoop play on a Saturday, so it was getting back into like proper Sunday league, and that's been brilliant for me. Obviously, as the listeners will probably be quite aware, we're not the best team uh, by no stretch of the imagination. We, we mention it once or twice. We're the, we're the cup side, and you know what? <laughs> that's why I I enjoy it so much and. Again, for me, football has got to there's got to be a point of your life where football becomes an enjoyment. Do you know what I mean? And like purely enjoyment, and you can play with no pressure. Because as much as you want to win, this this you've got to enjoy playing, and you've got to like realize how. Again, not to sound fucking dramatic here, but you you um you you like to play football and like with injury free is something that's just lucky to have because. There's lads who can go out, tear their ACL and be, never play football again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You've got, I've had enough, in, yeah, I've had enough you, injuries to get there. But... It's, you know, you can come back even at 
to what level, it doesn't matter. You yeah, can still find you know enjoyment out of the game. I, yeah. I, you can, I feel like it can be an embarrassment for some people, if that makes sense. Because you can go from playing at a higher level, higher than what I've ever played, or even the same level. And you can come back and people can think like, fucking hell, I'm injured. I'm never playing football again because I'm never going to be that good again. Yeah. But is yeah. it ever about, do you know what I mean? Should it really be about that? Shouldn't it be more about coming back and like getting the enjoyment, playing with your mates? You want to win, like you say, you want to win, but <laughs> you should never be embarrassed about the level of football you're playing. I think Sunday League is is back, like in terms of there's a pride about Sunday League now. We went on about it when we first started doing like blog pieces and stuff, but there is. I think people like playing the Sunday League now. I think it's massive, yeah, especially yeah. where we live, because it shouldn't go under the radar how good the world is for football. Because there's some players on the world, like yeah. genuinely, they're yeah, all right. at loads of levels. Yeah, and there's some good enough. teams, like top top teams. So mm-hmm. I'd say like the the thing that I ever will ever get from football is like first of all, doesn't really doesn't really matter whatever happens as long as you're happy if that makes sense like yes but there's never there's never like a fucking there's never like a there's never you never you never let anyone down if you don't become a footballer no no matter no matter what do you know what I mean yeah so yeah yeah, that's 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 my that's my story man as boring as that is and that's gone on for a very long time but I think there's a couple of there's a a lot of messages there's a lot of points there that like a lot of people could could take, do you know what I mean? If they, you know, if they've listened and if they've been through similar yeah. themselves, there's a lot to take from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, right. Well, Nate, that was a, obviously an absolute belter. Um, fantastic to hear them, them, them stories and everything. And I'm sure you know some of the listeners will probably appreciate that as well, because considering we're just yeah, usually definitely. three voices that are judging uh, players that have played. Uh, Higher level on us. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a much a much higher level can I add? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Attempts and purposes. Although <laughs> I, will, I will add what we said before that we you mentioned the team we're currently played for. We are unbeaten in 2021. So, yeah. So exactly. far. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Um, but yeah, yeah, as you obviously well know, um, we usually do a few questions at the end of this podcast, Nate. <laughs> oh no, I'm getting all nervous. Now. <laughs> <laughs> almost as if you should be nervous because it's almost as if we haven't just decided these questions two minutes prior to this. Yeah. Oh, going it. I'm going. It's a great interview. This way, you decide. You decide your own questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Con, if you want to fire away. Yeah. So, first one. What's your go-to karaoke song? Empire State of Mind. Jay Z. <laughs> Alicia Keys. I know it word for word. <laughs> I wasn't. I couldn't think of what you were going to say. Then uh, no. I've seen you do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That that is that is honestly genuinely quite outrageous. The that groove the state of that. mind. Empire State of Groove. Empire State of Groove. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you say is your best moment playing football? Um. Uh, um. Oh, probably. Pro- yeah, probably winning that Wirral amateur with the hoop just because of how, just because of yeah. how, um, how many, how, God, how shit the few, couple of years before it's been and gone back to football and just for the day as well because 
It's probably one of the best piss ups I've ever been on. Yeah, without the concussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh god, yeah. yeah. I should have really gone to hospital, to be honest. Um, <laughs> fun, funny, funny enough, not to, not to go on a tangent, but I rang my dad at the end of it because my dad came to watch and then he went. And I rang him and said, oh, I'm going to go to uh, I'm going to go to A&E. And he's like, Sam, let me know how you get on. And I belled him like four hours later and he was absolutely hammered. <laughs> and he won the fucking cup, Dad. <laughs> and he was like, you knobber, you haven't been arsed have you? And I said, no, no intentions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, other side of that, what's the best moment you've had following football? Um, poor. For what club? Portsmouth, Watford, Birmingham, <laughs> Tramier. Derby. Derby. Fuck off. I'd say it's got to be, for me, um, Birmingham getting promoted. Uh, playoff final, 2002. And I, uh, funnily enough, I do remember it so well. Because <laughs> it was probably one of the best. Genuinely one of the best moments playing football. Uh, you were just uh, approaching your 10th birthday, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I Those are the good days then. Jeez, the bastards. <laughs> okay, in the world. <laughs> yeah, so I'll probably I'll probably say that, Con. Yeah, yeah. that or, right. or in terms of in terms of games that I've been to when I beat Chester three two on that uh, right. on that um, Friday night because that was probably night. one of the best games in terms of everything that I've ever been to see. Yeah. Oh, and then, uh, final question. Who would you say is the best player that you've played with? Um, oh, Bearing uh, in mind, bearing in mind, two of them are currently sat on this podcast, surely in contention. Uh, slowest, <laughs> I think that would be. And that's, by the way... You don't even have to say to which one. <laughs> no even offence to either of you, but I am also the slowest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say it's got to be... Um, it pains me to say this, but um, probably it, it, I, I played with Ad, Ad Hughes, which isn't the painful one. Um, he was fantastic. But I'd probably say, in terms of underrated ability, uh, Danny Cross is probably comfortably um, one of the best footballers I've, I've played with. He, he may have not the best. And I don't know how he's never got any higher than what he is now. As much as that pains me to say it. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Fair enough. Great. Fair enough. There's that. That's us on the question front, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh. Well. I'll end this one, Nath. That's been an absolute pleasure. Uh. Thank you very much for uh for obviously doing that, Nath. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you soon. Um. On another podcast coming shortly. Uh, thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Very, thank you very much for having me. Even though I run it. I'm gonna do. Edit that out. Uh, (laughs) thank you very much for listening that's about us we're done cheers well that was Passing Groove many thanks to everyone who has listened if you got this far We'll be back weekly with more episodes. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links will be in the description. Feel free to message us with any feedback or comments. Again, many thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Cheers.